Hey guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to recognize our incredibly generous sponsors, Cheyenne Wolford of Custom Concrete Specialists, John Fallowich, Fallowich Construction Services, Jim Cover, Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Danny Arroyo, WorkSafe Consulting, and Building Omaha, a collaboration between the Nebraska Electrical Contractors Association and the IBEW. Thank you, one and all. You are true believers in workplace safety and health, and I appreciate you. All right, let's get into today's episode. I'm back with my buddy Jim Cover, Program Manager and On-Site Consultation, State of Nebraska Department of Labor. Uh, we've been talking about consultation and some of the services you offer. I would like to do... <laughs> As we mentioned before, a little word association thing, man. I was actually, I was watching the YouTube uh, this morning. Chuck and I were watching YouTube. My dog, he was on the couch. He likes YouTube. So we were watching, and I pulled up OSHA consultation just out of curiosity, knowing that you were going to be on today. And um, there were a number of OSHA consultation, uh, more promotional type things, you know, mm-hmm. that were just introducing people to consultation. But they had the 2021 OSHA top 10, you know, the most frequently cited OSHA standards during 2021, Mm -hmm. which interestingly had a very obvious COVID slant to them. You know, I mean, I think, you know, if you did get an enforcement activity, it was probably either one of those COVID related enforcement activities at a healthcare facility or a packing house or something here in Nebraska or construction. So the guys could be outside. So it's this is really the first time I've seen the top ten deviate, other than maybe the place order, over the last twenty five years, perhaps, which is interesting. But what I want to do is I'm going to throw out a just a topic. Okay. You know, I'm going to go from number ten to number one, okay. and just off the top of your head, just give me you know things that you have observed or your consultants have observed or. Just things that you remember from your days okay. in the field, if you have any memory of that. I have a few, okay. very few. But I think it's interesting. And, um, again, we're not trying to solve any problems here. Just, you know, things that come to mind when we talk about these top ten. So I'm going to start off with uh, number ten was machine guarding. Machine guarding. 1910.212, uh, just general machine Let's guarding. See. Machine guarding. What do you think about when I say machine guarding? Or what's, what's going on? The continuing bane of our existence. It is. It's always um, a problem. I bet every report that I review for the guys before it goes out has at least one, if not three, cita- or not citations, but notices, of, notices of, mm-hmm. that we have found something. Mm-hmm. So it's, What does it tend to be related to? You know. Just not guarding something or. I th- I see it, a, part of it's bad information sometimes. Some of it, I think, is uh, you can still buy machinery that needs to be guarded and it doesn't come with guards but they'll be more than happy to sell you the guards after the fact when osha comes and points it out to you and you right. pay your fines and you kept your get new guards for an additional price that's uh, a great one man and, that's a great observation and um yeah i think too uh bad or maybe just not people using the machine for purposes maybe it wasn't intended for mm-hmm. or bad setup I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody buys a machine to do a certain task or purpose, and maybe when the engineering went into the machine guards, those tasks and purposes weren't necessarily taken into consideration, mm-hmm. and so then it's modified in the field. Of course. Why by modified, I mean the guards go in a pile or <laughs> right. on a shelf somewhere, Yeah, and then they use I mean, we just found a, I don't know how many tons shear out in western Nebraska, as was on a CRT visit, mm-hmm. and... Uh, 
Yeah, there were no guards. Really? And when we asked about it, they're like, well, yeah, they're over there, but we, 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 we practice a buddy system. We have like three people involved with this. Mm-hmm. It's like, so three sets of hands getting potentially right. chopped off. But that's an interesting comment. One, it didn't come with the guards from the OEM, and so I yeah. assume this is how it's supposed to be used. Yeah. Or number two, yeah, we use it slightly differently than maybe the OEM intended, and so those guards just don't work for us. And then there's always the other, the last one where we just don't think guards are necessary, so we pile <laughs> Slows them. us down, man. You know, and coming from a farming background, I can I can honestly say that I saw – guards laying in the pile and with the stickers on there say do not remove mm-hmm. and i would ask don't we need to put these back no nah, it's fine yeah exactly it just I, I get away. that man yeah so i mean it i understand the concept i it was just in our line of work it's not acceptable yeah, not so, acceptable and it right. really isn't acceptable anyway but osha doesn't really go out to small family farms yet so not yet hopefully not all right very good number nine powered industrial trucks Always on the list. Always on the list. And 1910, 178. Something we always encounter. And you know, one thing I think that people don't think of, it covers more than just forklifts. Mm-hmm. It does. And that's something to keep in mind, too. So if you have some type of front-end loader or hydrofork or mm-hmm. any of those things, the same inspection you're doing on your forklift, you better be doing on those as well. Right. Yeah. And inspections, that's a big one. I, I think those dailies get ignored or pencil-whipped. That often. is really hard to get the operators to do a thorough it is. pre-use inspection. So we got to keep pushing that. But Always. I do think if we were doing those inspections, a lot of these violations would go away. They would. I mean, it, it, it's just like everything. We get in a hurry. We Those are the things that tend to get sidelined first and always and then mm-hmm. the result is down the road. I mean, it's, it's always a matter of time. You might get away with it for a month, a year, 10 years, but eventually the clock yeah. runs out and you're caught holding the bag. Yeah. All right, number eight, eye and face protection. Excuse me, <clears throat> eye and face, face protection. protection. Um, that was one of the ones that I, I always encountered those. I mean, uh, and it's not, you know, if you're wearing, you know, if you're doing proper job safety analysis, you probably should be identifying where these are needed. But also, once you identify an issue, the, the hardware, make sure they're one, wearing it, wearing it appropriately, mm-hmm. hanging around the neck, with safety glasses doesn't really afford the protection we were looking for. Right. And then if they're not wearing it and they lay it down on their workbench and it's covered by a half inch of dust or something, that's also a hazard. And that's an indicator. Yeah. I, I, that's always been an indicator for me. I see PPE just covered in dust laying in the corner somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and if, and even if it's not, if they don't cite you for it, that makes them look harder. Yeah. I think you're right. That's interesting. So, but it is easy. And, and I used to hear all the time, I just can't get them to wear it. You know, that's a... And, you know, and, and right now with the workforce issues that everybody's having with the shortage, and you know, I mean, I'm experiencing that too, you know, how, how do you discipline somebody to the point where they do wear it but don't leave? Well, fine line, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so, I mean, we're, I mean, we're cognizant of that. I mean, we went through that in the nursing home industry back when they started pushing the lifts on everybody. Mm-hmm. And they said, mm-hmm. well, we, 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 if we discipline them, they leave, we don't have a replacement. Yeah, it's like well, but if you don't discipline, then you have a back injury, and you yeah. you get to find a replacement and pay for their yeah injury. So, and it, it is a fine line. It is fine. It's very difficult, and I I sympathize. I yeah. get it. I I know what OSHA says. I know what reality is. They're not always totally yeah. um, interconnected. Unfortunately, and, that that is a tough one. And but you know, from somebody who wears glasses all the time, it's 
when they say that it's uncomfortable or it gets in the way, I, I'm not very sympathetic. Yeah. And I'm like, I've worn glasses since I was 15 years old. So yeah. maybe we need to figure out different glasses or is there a, is it a comfort thing? Are, right. are they fogging? Is it, mm. what's, what is the reason? Cause comfort really shouldn't play into it at this point. Right. I would agree. Yeah, man. Every, there's so many uh, incredibly useful, comfortable products at this point. The suppliers have really addressed that part of it. Yeah. So we have to dig a little bit deeper sometimes to yep. figure out why they're not using the PPE. Probably the one thing I don't see utilized enough are face shields. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, they're hanging everywhere. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Usually dirty, which again is a Always problem. Always dirty, yeah. So if you have one hanging somewhere, you can put it in a bag or a Put it in a cabinet, put it somewhere, but, yeah. But, you know, like you'll see somebody grinding, they'll have they'll have iPro on, but they won't have a face shield on. Yeah. That's, that's or, if they're, or if they're handling chemicals, I sometimes don't see it with that either. And that's usually if you go through the SDS sheet, that's usually one of the eyes and face protection. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a good point, man. All right. Um, wow. Numbers, uh, number seven is fall protection training. Fall protection training, which is usually goes hand in hand with fall protection. Yeah. You know, so. and, that, and that's more construction. For the yeah, uh, most part, and we, 503. you know, we 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 do some construction. I'd like to do more construction. If anybody who has, consultation, I would love to do more construction. Um, we just haven't had that much participation in the last few years. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make inroads back into that. Mm-hmm, good with some folks, but you know, um, what's the top death thing for for construction? Year in, year out, and it's always fall always because they yeah. tendency to fall because they're not wearing their fall mm-hmm. protection or they're doing something unusual or well, and i know osha tends to lump these together so if they cite you know the the improper use of fall protection mm-hmm. or no fall protection they typically cite training with it yeah. simply because they make the leap that training wasn't provided mm-hmm. since, since they don't use it correctly yeah now, so and that may be understandable and you know and sometimes i mean i i recently had a hundred year old oak tree taken down in my backyard about a month ago and i watched some of the techniques that were utilized to do that. And um, after my nervous breakdown, <laughs> right, I had a small right. talk with them. Right. But, I mean, it, 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 you know, people are always in a hurry to get the job done. Time is money. But if you're dead, you don't get to spend money and you have no more time. So right. the Fall Pro is, is really critical. Very critical. Yeah. And the training on how to use it correctly, how to inspect it correctly, those kind of things. I, have, I was at a client not too long ago. Um, it happened to be fall protection month. I mean, that was the training that we were doing. So we discussed personal fall arrest inspections. We discussed how to use it correctly, how to wear it correctly. And then we went around and looked at the anchor points and stuff. Just, and I'm not an engineer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a lot of things. But, we, you know, we tugged on the uh, SRLs a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I get to an SRL and I'm tugging on it. It's not locking up. I'm tugging on it. It's not locking up. Has anybody inspected this recently? No. And we realized, you know, I mean, that, that is part of the training, too, how to conduct these inspections and make sure that this equipment you're going to entrust your life to actually works. Well, and I know we've encountered, I mean, not so much recently, but I know, like, on the grain handling facilities where they're carrying grain, mm-hmm. if your point of attachment has anything to do with number nine wire, it's probably not correct. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that. Or, or harness looked like it came off of World War II paratroopers. Right. And it's like, when, when was this bought? <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it was just simple things like, how old is this? Have you looked at it recently? Mm-hmm. Why are these attachment points look? I know. I, they shouldn't look rickety. Right. They should I mean, be yeah, they, you, they shouldn't scare you to look at that attachment yeah. point. And that, you know, that's, that's just simple, mm-hmm. you know, 
farm boy logic, I guess what I always called it. Yep. And if I if I look at it and I go, that doesn't look right. Probably not. I totally agree. So. Interesting. All right. Um, that brings us to lockout tag out. One of, always one of the big ones. Always ubiquitous for all of our finds. Uh, it's gotten better. I would. I Has think. It? I think over the last twenty years, people have finally started to recognize. But there's always room for improvement, and mm-hmm. nobody's ever perfect. So we still find items a lot. You know, the the annual certification yeah. for folks. Mm-hmm. They're doing better with that. But it's but the certification process is like. So what did that encounter? You know, encompass. Mm-hmm. And they list it, and it's like, well, that's not really yeah. meeting up. So, I, I see that a lot, too. So I think, you know, everybody knows lockout, tagout needs to be done, should be done, has mm-hmm. to be done. But then some of the the, the auxiliary pieces to it, like the, the yearly training, mm-hmm. maybe the locks, are, are your locks, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the term, but not to be used for anything else. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exclusively used exclusive, for that. Yeah. yeah, I know, man. I mean, are you doing those things, or are you using zip ties and... Mm-hmm. and tags and and we still you know this is re- really i mean this regulation in particular is just one that requires eliminating confusion mm-hmm. we don't want any confusion so if you're using locks for multiple purposes if you're using different appearing locks if you're yeah. using different types of tags if you're decommissioning stuff and locking stuff out and all with you know your lunchbox all with the same lock all I see is just it leads to confusion, yeah. and that's something we got to eliminate. And, and that's probably, the, I think, one of the, the biggest standards that, I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong under lockout tagout. Mm-hmm. If you don't follow any one of these million things, there's a, yeah. the potential for somebody to get seriously hurt is there. And, and, you know, and, and a lot of it's common sense, too. Yeah. It's I, like, can you turn this thing on? Right. If the answer is yes, we have a problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so, that verification piece that yeah. is so critical to lock out, tag out. You know, I put, I you know, I, I hit the switch or whatever. I hit the, you know, the disconnect. I put my lock on it. Man, did you go back and verify that that didn't turn on? That device goes to the piece of equipment you're working on, which so oftentimes isn't the case. So I, I just really harp on that verification piece. Yeah. Start, try to start that bastard as you know any way you can just to make sure that it's not energized. Yeah, cause they, that's the last thing you want activating when you're on your back. <laughs> oh, I just can't imagine, man. Um, oh God, this brings us to hazard communication. Uh, the bane of my existence for everybody. Years. I um, mean, everybody. But now it's number five, and it's usually much higher on the list. It's one or two or three. Typically, so. it's because of training. Training, almost yeah. always training. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be access to the sheets because right. they decided to put them in a small lock box in the very highest reaches of the facility. Right. Then they finally had their heads bludgeoned enough that they finally put them out on the floor. Right. But now they're, they're not doing the training. So I don't know how many times I would find somebody and I'd find you, know, I'd usually find the most crazy thing on their cart and say, Hey, there's blue Loctite. What was your, what was your training on that? And if they couldn't come up with something or at least be able to take me to the sheet, Something. Which happened more times than not. I know. It's like, if you can just take me to the sheet, I'll, I'll, I'll be somewhat satisfied. Right. And then they go to the book and they can't find it. Yeah. Either because it's not there or they don't know how to look for it. Exactly. Or even just point on the label, one of the precautions yeah. or one of the now, warnings or yes. something. But now, you know, that now with the advent of everybody having a small supercomputer in their pocket, mm-hmm. it's made things a lot better. They can just type it in there and find the SDS sheet and yeah. at least they can find it that way. But, you know, access to sheets, and I think of some of my guys have been finding, they're still finding, we've been SDS how many years now? 
I mean, how well, it's long been about been? six, seven years at, at least. least. We're still finding people that are having MSDS sheets in their book, which, I mean, they are very similar. The range yeah. is slightly different, but if it says on the front page MSDS sheet and I'm an OSHA Kosho, I'm going to say, I don't think you're going through your books very often. Yeah, this is not probably not the most current version. Yeah. So the, just little things like that are kind of giveaways mm-hmm. that maybe you're not doing your due diligence. To and this one also things. has so many little pieces to oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's, that it, gets, they're so easy to cite, man. Labeling. I mean, have you ever been in a facility where you couldn't find an unlabeled container? They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I mean, and, but, you know, but like my thing is, like, don't use your Mountain Dew bottle. Mm-hmm. Put something in. Go yeah. have a transfer container. A milk jug. Or a Mountain yeah. Dew bottle yeah, or a coffee did. cup. At least have the good sense to put it in something that looks like, like a, a work yeah, container. Yeah, a work container so somebody doesn't not a, chug. Not a consumer you know, product. Yeah. Doesn't chug paint thinner or something. I which totally agree, man. But I used to see that all the time. Oh, Mountain Dew bottles are full of all sorts of different colored fluids. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we've, I don't think I've gone, I don't think I ever went to a visit where I didn't find them. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. All right, man, Hascom. Uh, number four is scaffolding. I don't have a lot of experience with scaffolding, but I know when when we used to do construction back in the day a lot, that was always a a concern. We always had, Mm -hmm. very rarely did we find a a scaffold that was put upright. Very rarely. And it's always the the basic things, fully planked working surface, guardrails above 10 feet, the the usual usual. stuff, the base, you know, I've got it stacked up on a couple of cinder blocks or something. And now with planking costing as much as some small, you know, buildings. (laughs) That's probably even going to get worse now. It's going to get worse, yeah. yeah. And even using planking that's appropriate for the scaffold, yeah, you yeah. know. Instead of I have, one, I've got some old two-by-fours out back that I'm going to throw on that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm, I am by no means a scaffolding expert either, but one of the reasons that this is always on the list is because it's one of those drive-by things that OSHA oh, can yeah. stop and address. They drive by your pr- project and see a scaffold on site. They don't even have to see anybody on it necessarily. They no. just see a scaffold. They can stop is, and make is, an Is it available for use? Exactly. So that, that gets them on your projects yeah. a lot more frequently than maybe like the Hascom yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, and you see when they're missing wheels and they're up on bricks under you blocks. Can just, you can see it. It's just not plumb tool, or square. boxes. Exactly. Or or used for suspending loads. <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I got to see a garage hanging from two scaffolding oh. units once that was... Nice. In my backyard. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're from the farm, though. It's well, I, it wasn't me doing it. I'd hired somebody to do it, and when I came back, oh, no I was sure. like, well, that was, that's some unique engineering. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do the, this all the time. It was, a, it was very effective. But Perfectly fine. I don't think it was engineered for that. Ladders. Number three is ladders. We find those in almost every visit, even if they're not a construction. This is a construction standard, but, 1053. So. But, uh, yeah, so we mean they're not doing their inspections. They're used for things they're not meant to be used for. That's a big um, one. Used improperly, used in a manner that wasn't intended by the yeah. manufacturer. Load suspension, workbenches. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably the least of the workbench. is probably the least of our concerns. Every time I watch. Bridges. I watch the guys. I watch uh, a lot of my, one of my sons is a climber. So every time there's a show about Everest or something, Vertical Break or one of these, you know, Everest movies, and they've got the extension ladders over the crevasse and they're mm-hmm. walking those things. I'm like, that's a violation. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to cite the Nepalese government or something well, for that, but and I've seen enough of those collapse just being used for oh ladders. My God, yes. I mean, obviously they're not people my size. Well, tipping three and a half, walking across these, you know, type one ladders, but right. But still, but even if you put them at you know too shallow an angle, yeah, they they come apart. 
to, to use them as a yeah a walking working surface just blows yeah. my mind. So and and when you when if you ever have to take one out of service, cut it up. I love yeah. That's a good point because you don't want somebody taking your broken ladder and using it at home and yeah. suing you. Yeah, you don't need that. That's a good point. Uh, number two, and this one is directly related to COVID is respiratory protection. Rarely this high on the list. Typically. Always hits the list. Typically not, but it was. But rarely this. I mean, it's what the what's what us IHs yeah. looking for when we're out on a job site. Unique times, so unique listing. So I would agree. Yeah. So if you're in a healthcare setting right now and you don't have respiratory protection within your facility at the moment, you need to order some now. Yeah. That's, it's, yeah. And I think that had a lot like fit testing. You know, a lot of people yeah, neglected the fit test, the N95s specifically. or And, you know, I can, I can remember years ago when we were still talking about tuberculosis and mm-hmm. N95 use and or outbreaks of bird flu or whatever. They mm-hmm. the, the Always the mantra was, well, if it happens to the extent that we have to use it to that extent, we'll worry about the fit testing later. Mm-hmm. Well, it's later. Yeah, it is. It's time. It, so you had a grace period for a little bit while yeah. everything was going down, and now it's later, so you should have some fit testing kits or somebody yeah. doing the fit testing for you. I know. And it, it should be documented properly and hopefully be effective. Yeah. You know, my wife um, works in a healthcare facility, and she was recently fit tested, and so I was curious about that. You know, talk to me about it. And it was um, they used a qualitative. It was mm-hmm. an N95. So that I think they just smoked her or something, mm-hmm. you know, like back in the old days when I was with DOD, I'd put those guys in a bag and I'd fill that thing up with standard chloride and then make them break the seal and hack and cough. And, you know, they just hated me for doing that. But um, it sounds yeah. like they did it correctly. And I was I was happy to hear that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people, you know, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. I think a lot of them are doing it right. Yeah. It's not hard to do. If it's you, not. I mean, if you can read and follow simple instructions, it's I, I too can do it. So if <laughs> right. I can do it, you and I both. Most exactly. most people can can do it. Go ahead and do it. But you know, the documentation then is critical mm-hmm. because they're going to scour right now. COVID, they're they're going to scour your books, and that's going to be one of the things they they really right. look at critically. Did you did you do it enough times? Did you get an affirmative response? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Did you um, make them jump up and down? Yeah, follow did, the did, protocol. Did you do the right? There are a number of different challenges yeah. that you so apply the, to those that things fit. only be documented that you were done right. And and then two, keep in mind that if they show up and somebody's got a ZZ Top beard and you say they passed their fit test, <laughs> they're probably not going to believe you. That's a great point, and that isn't that's that is the topic for another discussion, but. The beard, the clean shaven, fit tested. You know, I I shave once a year for my fit test, and then I let my beard grow for the remainder of the year, and that's yeah, not really that's not really up how to it's us. intended, man. And we used to saw, I saw that all the time. I'd have these guys with beards down to their navel, and yeah. they're wearing respirators. Yeah. However, <laughs> right, and they're smoking through the. Well, that's another story too for another day. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, man. Number one. Every year, year in and year out, is fall protection in construction, and always. How many do we have just since the first of this year already? I mean, too many. Yeah. But it's and, every year we have a dozen or more. And this is not a mystery any longer. I mean, generally, the fall protection is on site mm-hmm. or in the truck or back at the shop or whatever that, you know, whatever yeah. that excuse happens to be. Yeah. And I get that it's difficult at times. To find suitable anchorages, it's difficult to wear sometimes, but 
again, this is an industry that has really provided, I mean, from the days where we used to just put like a rope around our mm-hmm. neck and that was fall protection, uh, they are Cadillacs now. They're comfortable, yeah. they, they're stretchy, they give, they fit correctly, and people still just don't wear them. No, and gravity wins every time. Every time. Yeah, a little physics lesson at the end. Very good. But, I mean, this is one, um, I, I don't know where to go with this, you know, because I don't think that people are unclear oftentimes about the need for fall protection. They just choose not to wear it. It's the hurry factor. We're doing more with less, and time is money, and every extra step taken cuts into that. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's some of those things that you, you don't dare cut into. I know. And it, it ends usually horribly. And, I mean, it works until it doesn't work. Yeah. And then when it doesn't work... It's, cons- it's catastrophic. Somebody's making a phone call telling somebody that their loved one's not coming home. Yeah. Which, obviously, no. that's what we're trying to put a stop yeah. to, man. So, And anybody who's ever talked to somebody who's made that phone call, they're traumatized for the rest of their lives. Especially yeah. if they had anything remotely to do with it yeah no doubt so all right man that's the top 10 from 2021 interesting a couple of things in there that i hadn't expected or i guess i should have had you know given the concept the given the conditions of 2021 so interesting hopefully 22 is a better year hopefully 20 yeah it's been better better been better better so far so so. other than that thank you jim as always i appreciate your coming up and i appreciate what you and your consultants are doing keep up the good work um this new crt is interesting so if you happen to be offered an opportunity to utilize a crt this transfer to consultation rather than dealing with enforcement give us some serious thought my guys were really happy with it so again lauren and anthony did a great job uh i was really impressed and I think my, my client was very satisfied with the service. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, Cam, our safety brother in the booth, uh, just passed his uh, first aid CPR training. Um, he just had some bloodborne pathogen training. He's on the safety committee here. So he is like-minded. I mean, which I don't know what that says about us necessarily, but <laughs> he's on our team, man. I'm on the crew, man. I'm You're on, on the, the crew. crew. And we appreciate every. We need as many disciples as possible out there. So, all right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Later. Thanks, Doug. A Huda Media Production.